Sickle cell disorder is a painful, life-threatening condition affecting thousands in the UK. But those who have the condition say they're not getting the expert attention they need for one single reason. There is a paucity of decent research into sickle cell disease. I'm Nick Baker and in this edition of Moments in Medicine we deal with the controversial relationship between health and race. Ask any black person in Britain about it, they'll know all about it. It's very prevalent in the black community and it's a big problem and as far as I can see not much is being done about it which is terrible. That lady lives in London but what about a less metropolitan part of the world? What do they know about sickle cell disorder in say Norfolk? Absolutely nothing at all. I haven't got a clue what it is. I've heard of it, that's all I can say. Sickle cell, they go mad, don't they? Sickle cell? No, I don't know about it. 15,000 people in the UK suffer from sickle cell anemia. This is just one of them. My name is Anne Welsh, I am 28 years old, I am an investment banker and I also suffer from sickle cell disease. Symptoms for me I've always noticed is pain, unstoppable pain. I just can't move so I need to go to hospital. Was it ever treated successfully? Never, never. For example, if I do go in hospital because I have a sickle cell crisis, the first thing they do to me obviously is give you morphine and IV fluid. But the consequences of that is that when you get back home, although the pain has gone away, I'm literally laying in bed and not able to move my body, not able to do anything because I'm trying to recover from the side effect of the muffin. So it never goes away. My name is Yamide Thomas and I'm the Sickle Cell Society's Regional Care Advisor for South London. What is sickle cell disorder? Sickle cell disorder is a genetic condition that affects mainly people from the African, Caribbean, um, the Middle East, India and Saudi Arabia. It is a condition that's characterized by abnormal hemoglobin. Hemoglobin is a protein in your blood that gives blood its red color, and it also carries oxygen around the body. With people who have sickle cell disorder, the hemoglobin in the blood is abnormal, and what it does, it it causes the normally round blood cells to change shape once they give out their oxygen. They change into the sickle banana shape, and start getting stuck throughout the blood vessels and causing a lot of pain known as a crisis. They then deprive oxygen from reaching the body organs and tissues and that causes the pain. It also leads to degeneration of these organs in the long term. Young children can get strokes from sickle cell. Your major organs can be affected by it. And how do people actually get the disorder? It's genetic, which means it's inherited. You inherit two genes for sickle cell to have the full-blown condition. Each parent has to pass one abnormal gene to you. If you only inherit one abnormal gene, you're termed a carrier, or you're said to have the trait. Despite its global nature, here in Britain it has a strangely low profile. Anne Welsh was born in Nigeria and, as a baby, was troubled by the illness. I was one and a half and we moved over to the UK and my mum took me down to Great Ormond Street Hospital and we did a test and the doctor said, you're fine, there's nothing wrong with your daughter. But my mum was more concerned because every day I go back home, I'm crying, my elbows are swollen, my arms are swollen. About three years later, when we went back to Great Ormond Street Hospital, we had met this really great consultant who said, we'll do a test on her just to figure out what was wrong with her. Then they realised that I had sickle cell. And at that time, no one knew. My mum had no clue what sickle cell was, so she was just like... What is sickle cell? No one to educate her what the disease was all about. So that's how we found out. The difficulties Anne faced in the UK getting successful diagnosis weren't unusual. Elizabeth Anyonwu, Emeritus Professor of Nursing at Thames Valley University, believes the condition's status was, and maybe still is, connected to the people perceived to be the main sufferers. 
The impact of race became clear to me when I was a health visitor and I saw the difference in services available and voluntary support to families where there were children affected, for example, by cystic fibrosis compared to the families with children affected by sickle cell disease. I was working in Brent, northwest London, in the late 70s, early 80s. And I also realised how ignorant I was as a recently qualified health visitor active within the black community, interested in health, obviously, when I realised I knew more, for example, about leukaemia than sickle cell anemia. And the more I researched into it, so to speak, asked questions, the more I realised there was this wall of ignorance and also a perception it wasn't a big issue. But it is a big issue, and in the UK, things have changed a bit since Elizabeth was a health visitor and Anne was a baby. There have been some exceptional developments, but there are still some gaps. In terms of the positive side, following on from the National Health Service plan, there was a policy decision to implement newborn screening of all babies in England, regardless of ethnic origin for sickle cell disease. This has actually been quite a revolutionary step because of the perception that sickle cell disease only affects black people, which is not true, and the lack of understanding that if you don't identify babies under the age of, let's say, a year, 18 months, with this illness, they are so vulnerable to life-threatening infections, such as pneumococcal infection, and die as a result, or have terrible complications that can leave them disabled as a result. So this, I think, has been a revolutionary step. What's still needed, though, is good clinical social management of children and adults with the condition. Unfortunately, whilst there is good practice, it's not equitably available throughout the country. Britain, says Elizabeth Anyonwu, could do worse than emulate the United States when it comes to dealing with sickle cell disorder. They set up about 10 comprehensive sickle cell centres across the United States. These were centres, and they still exist today, that incorporated research, management, education, support, the lot. And some incredible research has emanated from this pump priming from top-down And this is what is required in Britain, as far as I'm concerned. There is a paucity of decent research into pain management, into just the clinical complications associated with sickle cell disease that devastate young people and older people's lives in terms of mobility problems, visual problems, neurological problems never mind the psychological and social aspects of coping with such a condition. Little cause for joy then, but back at the Sickle Cell Society in northwest London, Anne's told Yamaday some good news. I am pregnant. So, yeah, it is hard making that decision to have a kid. I had to choose my husband wisely, and my husband's Caucasian. He's from Canada, actually. So I made sure before I even started falling in love, that he has nothing to do with sickle cell. Even though he's Caucasian, I did test him to make sure he's free from the disease. So, despite the fact he's a white guy, you still made him have a test for sickle cell? Yes, absolutely. Yes, I was not taking any chances. I wouldn't want to see anyone go through what I go through. I think that generation should be wiped out with me. 
as an individual, Anne's taken assertive action to stop the spread of sickle cell disorder. But on a wider front, health professionals fighting the disease are being hampered by unfairness when it comes to resources. Elizabeth Anyonwu, Emeritus Professor of Nursing at Thames Valley University. We know, for example, that there are 15,000 individuals with this condition in Britain, compared to 8,000 with cystic fibrosis. We know that the number of newborns diagnosed each year from the England Newborn Screening Programme equals the number of babies diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. Those are clear-cut figures. And any public health specialist would say, well, actually, these conditions should be treated on a par. There isn't adequate funding for research. I wouldn't want to see anyone go through what I go through. I think that generation should be wiped out with me. 